Welcome to our Odd Lots podcast brought to you by Graham Bud Auctions. I'm joined in this episode by my colleague, John Garrett. Morning, John. Good morning, David. How are you this bright and sunny day? Very well, thank you. This is a special edition of our podcast um, coming up on our 6th and 7th of June auction is the Tommy Wilson collection, which will comprise 43 lots of his medals, caps, shirts and ephemera. Now, if you're thinking, who is Tommy Wilson? And hopefully by the end of this chat, you'll be a bit wiser and appreciate what an exceptional player he was for club and country back in the early 1900s. And to help myself and John, we'd like to welcome family members of Tommy Wilson, who will guide us through the man and discuss the collection. And I have Carolyn and Dave, who are grandchildren to, to Tommy. And good morning to both of you. Thank you for joining John and myself in this podcast. Good morning, good morning. David. Morning. Good morning. Thank you. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting all the family a few months ago when the collection was finally brought under one roof for the first time in a long time, I believe, when Dave and the family came to meet me in Wellenberg to discuss the collection and put it all together. Um, so, Dave, just I'll start with you first, if you don't mind. Um, can you tell me where the collection has been and why it's been brought, all brought back together again for the first time in many, many years? Yes, of course. Um, okay, so Tommy had three sons, uh, Derek, Gordon, my father, and um, Neil, and each of them had uh, two children. Uh, so the when my grandmother passed away, the collection was passed down to uh, the, the children, our, our fathers, uh, and was split three ways. Uh, an independent valuation was done, and basically that valuer actually split them into three what they considered to be equal lots. Um, these medals were then dispersed three ways. Uh, some of them were placed inside bank vaults, never to be seen for 30 plus years. Uh, others like ours were uh, basically just kept in safekeeping uh, in, the, in the house, um, under the mattress, some people course, would say, but <laughs> not quite. Um, and But ne never in all that time, probably 35 years, 40 years, has the collection been put together again uh, as one uh, as one sort of job lot. Um, so that's basically what's what's happened, you know, to the collection or what, what has been happening to the collection over the last few years or a lot, a lot of years. But then again, I was, I was split again. So obviously, I think we've got six vendors this time around. So I take it, obviously, family members joined. So they got a part of it as well. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the, the obviously, our, our fathers have all passed away now, sadly. And so the the collection is now, to all intents and purposes, split six ways. <laughs> and of course, as you can see from uh, from me, this this I don't dye my beard. This is the right this, the the true colour. Uh, we're all getting on a little bit. Um, 
some of us more than others, uh, Carolyn. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm actually older, much older than Carolyn. Um, so um, basically, our fear was that um, each of the cousins has had two children. And so effectively, if anything happens to us, the, the collection would be dispersed still further. I mean, all, all bits, 12 ways. So this was our fear, really. Um, so that eventually the collection is dispersed uh, to the extent that each person probably would only have two, a couple of uh, artifacts in, the, in their collection. And that, at that stage, there is a real danger that the, uh, the items would be sold off individually or even, heaven forbid, as scrap metal. Um, so this is the, the rationale behind us um, wanting to um, part ways, if you like, with the, uh, with the collection. I don't know yeah, whether no, you've got it, anything to add, yeah. Carolyn. It's it's a brilliant way of doing it. I mean, obviously, John and I sort of testify to, you know, between us doing it for many many years. But collections of this size and don't get many of this size. I have to say, are scattered to the four winds, and you will find that Absolutely. obviously bits and bobs are sold at various auction rooms or privately online. So uh, to have the foresight to bring it all back together again, and uh, you know, as I say when we looked at it in Wellington, we sort of laid it in a table. And it's just, you know, it's one of the photographs I've kept on my phone. It's just an exceptional amount of items that are there. So, uh, um, that's wonderful. And so, uh, just just before we carry on, Carol, is it Catherine, join us. Hi, Catherine, I think you're popped Hello. Good morning, Catherine. We're just, we were just discussing Carolyn's um, medal collection as well, sort of behind her on the Zoom call here. What a wonderful collection of medals and, and awards behind her, too. So, so. Um, I'll let one of you, either one's probably Callan, to ask the sort of next questions. So tell me about Tommy Wilson. What sort of man was he? And uh, tell me tell me about him. Okay. Um, so sadly, he died um, just two days before my dad's birthday. Um, so none of the grandchildren um, knew him. Um, and we just know from our fathers, you know, the, the sort of history of him from our fathers, um, my dad was very, very proud of him, um, even though he died, you know, when my dad was really young. And I think my dad followed in his footsteps a lot. He played cricket, he played football. Um, and, you know, the children have been sporty, if you... Absolutely. I think it's interesting, you know, that when you, David was talking about it being split and it gets more and more diluted. And I think I've come across it before, even though you didn't know your grandfather you were well aware of who he was and what he achieved. But we tend to find the further it goes down the line and the more these exceptional collections get split up, the less people actually connect to the person who won them in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, let's say, one of the big things for me was to see the collection all together. And like I said, uh, it was an amazing collection. Just didn't realize the photographs. That's stunning, yeah. I know that the one that impressed me the most was the photograph of the dinner that they won the FA Cup. And of course, there's, there's my granddad there and, and my grandma, but they weren't even married at the time. Mm. I mean, they, they'd met the um, harbor, as you do back in the day, where people just used to spot each other and then they were married for a lifetime. Um, so it was an amazing photograph to see all of those people, but to see them there in that situation, it's fantastic. 
brilliant photograph. I mean, the, the, one, the one that caught my eye, of course, was the one um, with all the cups of spleed in the, 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 the window of the, the milliners in the hat shop. I mean, that's a stunning photograph. I mean, yeah. again, obviously, when it goes online, everyone chances to sort of look at the collection in its entirety. But, uh, you know, as a specialist, you look through, you know, not to be blasé, but we've seen Effie Cup medals, etc., and leaked medals, but it's the ephemera that appeals to John and I. Um, and that one photograph for me said it all, you know. Or even that, the one, obviously, he was he was a wax model for the the, the cup final. Oh, really, um, him and the, the the Arsenal player as well. So uh, two swords wax. I wonder what happened to that one, David. Well, no, we, well, you know, we we're discussing because um, again, part of the collection is a uh, Huddersfield shirt. Now we're debating whether or not it's a an FA Cup final shirt, and John and I begin back and forward because John has one in his collection. And we're trying to date the shirt, and uh, we haven't quite come to this decision yet. Obviously, it's a rare shirt; it's a, an early shirt, and uh, you know we're trying to sort of. There's a really good photograph of obviously him meeting the king, introducing the teams for the the final, and uh, there's good footage. We're trying to make the the stripes match up, see if we can make it as an FA Cup final shirt. But uh, no, it's a wonderful, wonderful collection. Um, and Catherine, sorry, just off, thank you for joining us. Um, tell us your your sort of. Uh, memories of, of, of Tommy? Well, my dad used to talk a lot about him because he was the eldest. He was 22 when uh, Grandad died. He used to say that when he used to go and watch him play football, he used Grandad used to come on the field, knew where he was sitting, and wave to him. He did that every time. And then when... Uh, Neil and Gordon were young. Grandma couldn't cope with three boys. So my dad used to go with uh, Grandad to the football stadium. And uh, that's how he used to do uh, every Saturday. He used to uh, watch him play football. Amazing. Amazing. So he, he spent a lot more time with Grandad than the other two boys. Also, he said at Christmas time, they never had Christmas dinner on Christmas Day because the granddad was always playing football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we see a lot of, yeah, of programmes, you know, from those early days of Christmas Day and Easter Sunday and Boxing Day, you know. They obviously know life back then and, uh, you know, it's just, and they, obviously their programmes can be quite rare um, because of obviously the... the that people would go along and watch the the games on on Christmas Day. So, I mean, let's sort of dive into the sort of collection. As I mentioned, it's sort of forty three lots, and it includes medals, caps, uh, some shirts, and you mentioned some photographs there. But I think what the sort of the highlight certainly would be now. Tommy was one of the first players to win three league championships, one after the other. 1923, 24, 24, 25, 25, and 26. But also, um, he was on his up two years. So he could be on it five years in a row, but they get three. And I'd like to say that obviously those three medals will appear in the auction. Um, and obviously, we'll sell them one after the other. Um, estimates at the moment are between 12 to 15,000 per medal. And for the treble one, it will be 15 to 17,000. I mean, they're just wonderful, wonderful treasures to have and of course the condition of them is, is second to none so 
And so tell us, you know, obviously back in the day, Dave, we'll sort of jump back to you again. You know, he was such an exceptional player. Um, and, you know, what did you find out later on about, you know, his playing days? Yeah, it, it's a sort of a rags to Richard story because um, he he was born in Seam in County Durham. I played for Seam Boys as a, a youngster and then was spotted by scouts from Sunderland and signed up for Sunderland. Um, we think he had uh, played one game only for Sunderland before the First World War broke out. And then, like a lot of footballers, he went to serve in the army. Um, another sort of unique thing about him, as far as we're aware, and I was told this by the National Football Museum, um, is that he's probably the only professional footballer to have won a medal for bravery in the field Amazing. during the First World yeah, War. Absolutely. Um, and then, obviously, coming out of the war, he admittedly um, said that he put a lot of work weight on during his army days it it, uh, it really agreed with him i'm not sure it would be the rations it was probably perhaps the more the uh, the lack of exercise and so he wasn't in peak condition when he returned from uh, the army back to sunderland and uh, within the first yeah couple of games um it was obvious that he um, he wasn't going to Sunderland felt that he wasn't going to make the grade with them, so they reluctantly uh, released him from uh, from their books. However, as luck would have it, there was a, a scout from Huddersfield Town uh, watching um, his uh, his return, and basically within a, a few days, he received a call from Huddersfield asking him to to sign on sign on for them. And uh, basically, the, the the next sort of five years, although when he did sign for them, Huddersfield were actually on the brink of financial ruin and nearly actually exited the Football League as a team. Uh, they almost merged, I believe, with Leeds City or yeah, some, something along those lines. Um, and they, Huddersfield Town wouldn't have existed, which is quite ironic because the following five years are probably the most successful of virtually any team. Um, they won the FA Cup. I think they were, they were runners-up in the FA Cup as a second division team. And then, as you say, John, they won three consecutive Division One uh, titles. Incredible. Um, so... Yes, he was, um, in his early days at Huddersfield, he soon became team captain, uh, captain them at both of the FA Cup finals. Um, and then I believe uh, he handed over the um, captaincy uh, because he felt he was too young at the time to be a, I don't a captain. Think it, it was that, um, David... In his life story, he says that he heard rumours that a lot of uh, players weren't happy with him being captain because he was too young and he deliberated what to do and in the end he decided to give his captaincy up. And then Clem Stevenson took over. Yes, yeah, so it was Clem Stevenson, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, the manager who signed him was a guy called Ambrose Langley and he played for the Wednesday Football Club. <clears throat> 
And it was Langley who uh, took Herbert Chapman as his assistant manager. And I think it lasted about three weeks. They, they bulleted Ambrose Langley and he stole Chapman. But we, one of the projects we do with uh, Graham Bud, or we've got underway at the moment, is identifying where these famous football figures are buried. And we're, we're trying to contribute something back towards the upkeep of the graves. And uh, my son, who was the researcher for that, found Langley buried in Sheffield in an unmarked grave, incredibly. And that's the man who, who got Huddersfield wow. underway in the, you know, 1919, 1920. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it's, um, yeah, it's, it certainly is, you know, rags to riches for both Tommy and for Huddersfield Town, uh, in a way, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's sort of, his fortunes virtually followed the, uh, the team's fortunes. Uh, I've just read in his life story, I've got his life story here behind me, uh, that when he came down from Sunderland to Huddersfield, he hadn't any money at all to buy himself a pair of football boots. He had to borrow them. And these football boots were a size smaller. And he uh, wore them for the first match. He said it was excruciating pain. <laughs> and he was glad when uh, it finished. It, and then... It was chosen for the next game and he still hadn't got any football <laughs> boots. And by the time that game ended, his uh, nails were black and fell off. Guys, he was referred to, he got a couple of nicknames. Yes. But he was known throughout as the gentleman of football, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. Probably because of his role in the team as well, he was also known as the great spoiler. And I think this is probably due to Herbert Chapman uh, introducing the role of a, a sweeper-type defender. Yeah. Because the offside rules were different in those days. Uh, and so the role of, of, of a sweeper, which obviously was a, adopted in um, quite widely in the 50s and 60s, uh, was you know one of the probably the uh, the reasons for Huddersfield's success, um, you know in the, in the uh, first division and the cup finals. Um, but as I say, my, my granddad was he was he was pretty quick. He was pretty tall, uh, and was able to sort of um, if you like sweep up the opposition attacks uh where there was sort of breakaways so saved a lot of uh, a lot of goals through uh you know his his method methodology um, he was david as well because they they changed the offside rule in 25 yes and it finished a lot of careers because the players that were involved just haven't got the same pace yet those that got that little bit more yes survived and went on of course he just thrived and went ever forward yes yeah Oh yeah, there was some uh, some real um, you know sort of quantum jumps, quantum leaps in uh, in rules and and what have you. Far greater than uh, I suppose the, the equivalent would be the introduction of introduction of VAR today. You know, as um, you know, they had that kind of impact on the, on the game. Brilliant, um, but I mean, we can't forget. Obviously, the first the league champions they won they won it with a point zero. 2-4 goal average, you know, obviously that wouldn't happen today. That was a first, obviously, finishing exactly the same points. Learning to score a penalty, they missed a penalty and all the rest is sort of... But yeah, of course, it's in the history of the competition, point 
zero two four average of a goal difference. So uh, yeah, made, made them champions. So a hell of a man. So just to continue, obviously, just we're wary of time here. That um, the the same also, you know, there's FA Cup medals in the collection, um, and winners and runners up. So obviously, won it a few times, played in a few finals, as mentioned uh, by Dave there. Charity Shield medals, representative medals, and see just a few shots. We mentioned the the Huddersfield shirt there also, but also there's a, a white football league shirt which he played. Also, that's part of the collection. Then goes with one of the medals, um, and you know the, the FA Cups. Obviously, that was just the pinnacle of your then your you know at the end of the season playing in the big cup finals. It must have been amazing to do, and that he played in so many as well. So. Uh, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful footballer. Uh, obviously, we never met him, but uh, obviously we've read so much about him and doing some sort of research on the item. So, uh, fantastic, fantastic player. And uh, we're delighted to to have the collection coming up for sale on the 6th and 7th of June. So, just finally, just any more sort of comments, um, Carol, Catherine, Dave, before we sort of wrap this up? and. Uh, well- I've been reading about when he uh, was captain and they came back and it was his, uh, he had to hold the uh, cup up all the way around Huddersfield. He said his arms were aching by the time they got back to um, the club. He said that was the downside of winning, having to hold the cup up high all the time. There's a there's a really good video actually, which is available on YouTube, which actually shows the um, the return of the team to Huddersfield, and it's absolutely there were so many people there, it was yeah. unbelievable, and it shows Tommy with the cup actually, uh, you know, uh, sort Wonderful. of presenting it to the Lord Mayor at the in front of the town hall. It was uh, quite... deputy actually because the Lord Mayor wasn't there. He's, he says in his um, live story it was a deputy uh, Lord Mayor who greeted them. But uh, finally, my dad used to say when they walked down the road in Huddersfield, everybody used to say, Hello, Tommy, hello, Tommy. And my dad used to ask him, Who are they? Oh, they're just being friendly. <laughs> That's what my granddad Something. used to say. <laughs> Catherine, can I ask you a quick question? Obviously, we've got that one wonderful Huddersfield shirts. There would have been three, four cup final shirts and so on. Do you remember the other shirts or did they just disappear? I think they just disappeared. We've just had those two. Yeah. I mean, I've got one for Barnsley, but I didn't didn't think that would be interesting. (laughs) Oh, they're always interesting. (laughs) But I was wondering as well, I think I spoke to the family about, obviously, the FE Cup final programmes as well, or tickets or comps. I mean, obviously, you can't find any anywhere. So, because they've been yeah. obviously very collectible things also. I mean, I mean, most players got would be given a copy. John, you know better than most about that. They're sort of given a copy of the, the programme as it's part of the, the sort of package. Is that right? Or Yeah, but you seldom find it. It's weird. I, I think it's like the the great cup final shirt debate, you know, where have they all gone? It, the ones I've researched, I know where they went and it's, Frankly, it's too terrifying to talk about, but not the paperwork ephemera, it was just that. And, you know, the kids read it, they, they were thrown around, and, you know, they, they were just a final programme, a final ticket. So you, as you say, you very, very rarely, if ever, come across them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Different world, you know, the reusable world, isn't it? We've said before, it 
cut too. shirts up and use them as bandages and yeah it's yeah. Well, it just leaves me to say thank you very much to Carolyn, to Catherine, and to Dave for joining us in this special podcast. As I say, the Tommy Wilson collection will go under the hammer at Graham Bud Auctions on the 6th and 7th of June. The catalogue will go live very soon at grahambudauctions.co.uk. Any questions, any queries on the Tommy Wilson collection, then please do get in touch with us at Graham Bud Auction. And we'd like to help with any queries. So again, thank you, David. Thank you, Carolyn. And thank you, Catherine.